This is the final score, episode 169 for Wednesday, August 27th, 2014. Welcome back to the final score. This is the video game podcast for the rest of us. I'm Scott Johnson, and I'm joined by Nicole Spagnolo. Hello. Hello. <sighs> Nicole's Wednesday, going to Dragon almost, Con. Yeah. Ooh, tomorrow. Yeah. You leave tomorrow. Yeah. Not getting, I'm gonna put some. I put some games on my iPad to play. Oh, you did good. I'll be. Uh, I mean, can you? When you're flying, do you? Are you able to focus on that kind of stuff? Like, is it easy for you to just uh, chill oh, yeah. and play? Okay. Easy, especially when you uh, purchase the Wi-Fi. I feel like I get all tense and tight, and my neck hurts when I play games on a plane. Uh, After, I have 15 years of practice. So. I guess Mother so. You did that a lot. Games on a plane. Games on a plane, baby. That's games Brian Dunaway, also going to Dragon Con tomorrow. Brian, how yeah. you doing? Oh, is that tomorrow? I yeah. knew we had something to do this weekend. You, uh, it's a, what, like a two-hour drive? That's not too bad. It's a three-and-a-half-hour drive, Scott Johnson. Don't read your iPad or play games while you're on your way to Dragon Well, Con. I can because someone else is driving. As usual, Brian doesn't drive. <laughs> <laughs> Who's driving? Who you got driving? A uh, fr- friend of mine, Alan. Oh. Alan. 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 Yay. Alan. Alan. Huge help. Shout out Drive to Alan. Me. All right, Alan. Drive me, Alan. All right. Well, it sounds like Alan's right where you need him to be when he needs to be there. Fantastic. Uh, we're going to do one more of these shows, though, before you guys leave, and we'll start with what we've been playing. Hey, what are you playing? <laughs> Scott has been playing... Hold on to your butts now, okay? I want you to just be prepared for this. Wait, wait. More Diablo 3. Well, the Diablo show's not even running right now, dude. Well, it starts back up on Saturday. But anyway, season two, I should say. That was Uh, fast. Diablo, well, I mean, you know, the goal was to have a nice break and then do... Uh, do it when the patch landed on the PC and also the uh, the console version came out. They just happened to happen in the same, like, five-day period, which is nice. And um, so does that mean my internet's about to take a big old fat dump since it's got to open some big old patch? It's not oh, that, wait, wait, wait. It's not that big. Wait, it's not Scott, that big. Yeah. Scott, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Is this one going to be called the Soul Patch? No. This one <laughs> should be. They should be. That would be awesome. Reaper of Soul Patch. That'd be great. Uh, I would be down with the Soul Patch. You know what? I Why has not someone not made that joke already? That's brilliant. <laughs> I'm sure it's got to be out there. Okay. I got to make a point of that. In fact, we're going to put it as our show title. Uh, the soul. It was really funny. The soul patch. Okay, here to entertain. We're gonna we're gonna make that even funnier. Anyway, the point is what? What is the point? Oh, so last Tuesday picked up Tuesday Diablo three. Actually, I had a little bit before that, but Diablo three Ultimate Evil Edition on the PlayStation four. Uh, right. that version distinguishes itself from the Xbox One and PS three and Xbox three sixty versions by having a bonus. Uh, a couple of things. Oh, One is a a transmog set that makes you look like uh, the, the shadow of the Colossus looking dude, and you what? Oh, and then the the there's a one of the rifts you can get into. One of the random areas you get into. You fight a bunch of uh, what what are they called? Um, Last of Us monsters, like the 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 freaking. What do you call those guys? The mm. the hissers, whistlers. The <laughs> I love I love how Nicole's not even going to attempt it. No, they look like they have mushroom. They have like mushroom heads. The zombie guys. What are they called? Ah, whatever. I'm not even. Anyway, the enemies in Last of Us show up in this 
thing. Okay? Oh, the clickers? The clickers and the whatever else is in there. Yeah. The, the different warriors. types. The fungus guys. The fungus guys. Scott Johnson, <laughs> come out. Uh, play Play So that was big deal on the console side, and I'll get to that in a second, but also the PC side uh, updated their, uh, to patch 2.10, which is not on the console. Uh, will be, though, it sounds like, because they said they're going to make patches on the console moving forward, which is really good for owners of that, especially if they don't have the PC version. I love uh, the, the PC version a lot, and I still do. But I'll tell you what, man, picking that thing up on console and having it do direct controls sure changes the feel of it in a very fundamental way, in a good way, and and in an obvious way, because, you know, you're controlling it totally differently. It's a very different kind of experience, but it makes it feel like a fresh new game because you're playing it differently. And even though I'm seeing a lot of the same content, got the same classes, uh, the exception here is all the Reaper Soul stuff is in there. Uh, you know, crusaders and stuff, but you're taking a direct control just changes something about it and makes it feel really good in your hands. And, uh, I'm all into it again and playing that through with the kids. We're doing all co-op, the three of us, uh, or two of the kids anyway, and, and me. And, um, I'm playing a barbarian, which I rarely do. Or actually, what am I now? Carter? Who do I play now? Ah, she can't hear me. I'm playing. I decided to roll a roll. Which hunter? You call a roll. You can roll them. Sure. Yeah, I'm rolling. Sure. Uh, (laughs) The, uh, not the witch hunter. The uh, The demon hunter. The demon hunter. Oh, that's actually, I've got a demon hunter on there as well. It's really fun. I like the D. It's loud. It's good. Really loud. Lots of stuff to go on. (laughs) Machine gunning. Yeah. Yeah. All that stuff. Rapid fire, whatever that one is called. That, that, uh, that particular move or spell. Anyway, it's really fun there. And we are having a ball playing together. And it's got all the right um, tweaks and whistles and bells to make it feel right on console. They took great care to make sure the UI and inventory management and skill management and all that stuff is easy and intuitive and, and didn't just try to cram in a bunch of PC controls into a console. Um, feels and plays really, really well. And I'm super stoked about it. And Nicole, you picked it up too. So let's I talk did. about it real quick. What did you think? I, well, honestly, everything that you said. I love it on the console. I love that I can just kind of relax on the couch Mm -hmm. and I don't have to click like with a mouse and keep it moving. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. That that left stick, just keep on moving. What, Brian? What 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 do you hate? I mean, because it, surely the characters are too small. Unless you got one of those giant seventy inch screen TVs. They're like not Mark too small. They look great. I mean, you want to you don't want to play this on a nineteen inch TV fifty feet away from you or anything. But, right, right. But on a I can tell you on a sixty something inch television sitting on the couch playing it looks amazing. Brian, are you just are you wanting to know how big my television is? Yeah, is that what I, was just, I just I was just I was just trying to bait you on the uh great on the question of how big is your TV. How big is your Nicole? TV, Nicole? Seventy two inches. Oh well, I knew it. Go. I knew it. <laughs> then that, then that likely looks really nice on your yeah, com- it does. on your uh yeah. TV. Here's some really nice little features. So I was worried about when you got too far ahead of somebody, what would happen? Here's what happens. If they're just standing there looking at their menus or something. Lego style. You teleport to the guy who's the furthest away. So if somebody's keeping moving, you don't, it's not like you have to get stuck and wait for that guy. He'll teleport over to you. Um, so wherever the action is, lazy, slow players, if you're playing couch co-op, will teleport to you. If you're playing by yourself, not really an issue. And if you're playing online, right. not really an issue. But my favorite who's, who's thing the, about it, what? Who, who's the lackadaisical one in your, in your house? Who, who's uh, the one it's, always It's usually Carter triple checking her gear. It's nice. usually her because she's so picky about it. But there's really great ways to just see at a glance 
oh, this uh, helmet is better than what I have on. Equip it without ever going into a menu or doing anything, doing it right from the play screen. As soon as you pick it up, oh, okay, let me check it. Oh, yeah, that looks good. Put it on. That kind of stuff is really, really well done. That combined with this other feature I'm going to mention are my favorite bits, and that is the the way they handle loot distribution on co-op is really smart. Now, I know this is what they did on the previous version for 360 and PlayStation 3, just straight up Diablo 3 that came out there. Um, and I, I just didn't play that, so this is my first experience with it. So calm down, all you emailers going, we already had that. I know, I get it, but I, <laughs> first time I saw it. What happens? You kill a dude, poops out a bunch of loot, and hovering above those pieces of loot, next to their names is a little P1, P2, P3, and P4, if you have up to four of you playing. So there's two of you, just P1 and P2. So when you go pick up loot, or if someone else even picks it up for you, runs over there and just click, click, and grabs it all, it is sent to your inventory if your player number is ahead of the item. So right. that way, it's not like you're fighting over loot. That doesn't exist in this game. It's kind of like it is in the in the PC version. It's all instance loot. So if Nicole and I are playing over the internet and a bunch of crap drops off a guy, she is seeing something totally different on her end than I am. And that's true of also online players who play on the console version. But if you're all on the same couch and you're using multiple controllers, the way they handle that is really awesome. And to be able to just grab an item, know who it's for, and not have to worry about mixing it around. And How come you picked up four of those in a row? Give me that back. None of that happens. You can only get what you get. Like on Borderlands? Oh, yes, I hate that, right? I did too. This is the super smart way of doing this. Borderlands could, whatever they do with 3 or whatever the next thing is after this prequel, sequel thing, they should totally implement something like this. Right, right. Um, for across the board. So, so both the instance loot for when you're playing online and the local co-op stuff would be really great there as well. Split screen or whatever. Anyway, it's great. That game is great. And they totally nailed it. And Blizzard should be commem- uh, uh, commemorated. No, that's not the word. They should be commended, commended for an incredibly polished, so much more than a port, really, really strong game that, you know, is it feels like I'm rediscovering it all over again, even though I'm already playing the PC one regularly and on a very consistent basis. They just feel different enough that you can kind of feel okay about playing both. Right. Um, Does anybody complain about controller lag? I mean, no. Diablo's not really a quick... There's some quick. I mean, it's, there's you got to be cha-cha. quick, but you don't. You don't have to be cha cha cha. You know no. what I mean? <laughs> no, I mean it's. I don't. I'm not noticing any controller lag here. I mean, I know there always is some with with you know con- these controllers and then the TV frequency stuff and all that stuff that affects you know all that. But I'm not right. seeing anything that's bad here. I mean, we're not having any problem at all. It's an absolute blast. The only problem is we you know if you play so long, your batteries die. We had like a six hour session one night. And one of the batteries died. We had to go <laughs> plug it in. Anyway, it was uh, it's awesome. We had so much fun. And playing it with the kids is just a treat. And uh, I can't wait to keep going with them. So that's that. Bunch of Diablo there. And I played a bunch of two, uh, 2.10, which has got these greater rifts and new zones. And the season thing starts Friday. And there's a bunch of other stuff with that that I won't go into detail here. If you want to hear more about what that's all about, listen to the, to the Diablo show this weekend. Uh, Saturday will be a new episode up on the feed. And I'll talk more about it. Also, I raided in WoW. That's not really significant other than we beat Grosh and got some cool stuff. That's always good. And then I spent some time with Rogue Legacy while I was in bed. Because that's my, that's my bedtime gaming right there. What? Rogue Legacy on the Vita. Boom, bam, slam, boom. Right. It's still one of the greatest games ever. Totally fun. I get sucked into that thing like no other. So, like, you know, when Love you're it. playing it in 
bed, do you ever like, you know, are you playing on your back like a turtle? You know, yes, you I can't of, play on my stomach. It kills my back after a while. Right. I can't so do, do you ever do you ever like you're playing and all of a sudden you drop it right on your face? Does that ever no, happen? No, I'll I sit up. I'm not like laying vertical or uh, horizontal. Right. <laughs> laying vertical would be really, really weird. Like an astronaut. No, I'll lay on my I'll lay on my back, but I'll be kind of propped up on pillows, so it's not gonna right. drop. So right. how many how many pillows are we talking here? Scott? Like two, talking three, that? two or three pillows. Yeah. Big big fluffy Target kind of pillows, uh, like you get from the Target, or yeah, they're I don't yeah. know they're they're I don't know where we got these. Are they good pillows? Sure. Good, this good is a strange uh, course of questioning, though. That you're doing. I, I don't think so because you know I'm I'm just trying to bridge He's... the gap because we got people we got people in the chat room are going. I'm still using a CRTV, you know, and I want to, so I just want to make sure that, you know, we wait, we who is re- still represents. using a CRTV? Who else is using a CRT? <laughs> that, are they really, someone's really doing that? Let's see. Let's see in the chat room. Uh, let's call them out here. Call oh, them yeah. out. Cinder uh, Cinder Flame says I'm still poor with an old CRT television. Oh, Cinder Flame. We need to help you, dude. Right. You, you shouldn't, that, that isn't right that you should, you should still be using that. Not in 2014. <laughs> They're so cheap. Look, even if you don't look, uh, all right, campaign to get Cinder Flame, a damn TV right. that isn't a piece of poo. That's ridiculous. <laughs> you should not be doing that. That's that's crazy. Do you ever, uh, you ever, you know, go by a yard sale? Do you guys have yard sales? Yeah, all the time. All yeah, the time. you, you kind of drive. Are you kidding by, me, you... dude? We are the land of yard sales. <laughs> we call them garage sales, even though they're not really right. garage sales anymore. They're they're kind of yard sales. There yeah. are fifty of them every Saturday, everywhere you look. They're all over the damn place. Interesting. Yeah. So, do you ever drive by and just have just a, a little twinge, like for a second, like you might see like a a Sony flat screen Wega? It's still a CRT, but it's like a, you know, it's a flat screen Wega. And back in the day, Wega, that was a Wega. I think they remember Vegas? they Vegas. Yeah. No, no. W E V is not W E G A. Is it? I don't know. Sony. I'm pretty sure it is. Oh, you know what? Sony. These these are the old ones you're talking right. about, the CRTs. Right, right. CRT. Yeah, he's the right. Flat, there was, was a Wega. He's there, right. There was the they were the first flat screen like the the front was flat but yeah. it was still a crt they quit, they quit making them in 2005 curves. they stopped in 05 right right so, yeah but I, I see them every once in a while and i'm i'm just there's still that 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 you know that memory of how awesome those were back in the day and how much i wanted one yeah. so bad they were the best tvs in the world back then useless now totally now they're useless. 400 pounds and complete nightmare yeah um yeah you get a better tv dude and play Diablo three on it because it's really good on there. Also, I oh I did I did uh, remote played some Diablo just for to test it. What? Right. Yeah, on my Vita from the from the PS4 ad hoc little network whatever you know, and it works flawlessly in terms of presentation and you know everything works great, movement's great, no lag, it looks great. But right. I cannot have. I mean, Nicole, imagine this: R R two and R uh, sorry R two and L two triggers are mapped on the touch thing on the back of the Vita. Hmm. so there's no oh, triggers it's yeah. just like oh i hope yeah, i touch I that like with that. my finger right that sucks yeah. sucks they need to have a better mapping for that i don't know if there's a way to remap it well some do some games go oh you're on the vita remote place so we're going to recommend you do this control scheme like uh, well, i want to say assassin's creed 4 did that uh, right black right. flag did that i think um and that made it much much simpler and remapping here is difficult because you kind of need every trigger because you've got so many spells to, well you have a you have four spells plus uh or four standard spell or four what do you call them just whatever those spells are and then you have your two main ones which is normally on a key, on a computer it's like your two mice mouse buttons mm-hmm. click, click. yeah on this right. one it's x and 
I think it's uh, XNR2, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. And because of, and then, so R2 is right there. And then down you there. have different, like I can throw a trap. Yeah. With my, I think it's the square button. Yeah. And they, and they auto assign these and you can turn on just like on the PC, you can do the elective mode thing where you can move them wherever you want. But what I need to do is just make it so those bottom two triggers aren't needed. And I don't think we have enough buttons to do it. So right. I, I, re- I, I want to play it that way. I Too totally do. Buttons. I want to play it because it looked amazing and sounded great and was flawless, except for how those keys are mapped. So anyway. We'll figure that out. Maybe I'll maybe I'll mess around with that this weekend and see if I can get it to do more like I want it to do. Uh that's it. That's what I played. Brian. You know, I was gonna say go to me, but then you know what? We need to probably go to Nicole. Let's go to Nicole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just in oh, thanks, case. Brian. That's a good idea. Yeah, she's gotta kinda go early today. So Nicole, yeah. where where are you at? Aside from Diablo, I guess. Be, so I don't know if you noticed, but iTunes on occasion will put out lists of games like check out these games that you might have missed that you should be playing. And they just recently came out with one. And I'm like, oh, you know, maybe let's see what's on there. And I found two really great games that I had missed the first time around. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one is, I closed the show notes. So I I, it, it was Detective Grim Moray. <laughs> yeah. We yeah, just saw detect- the show notes and went, man, these are shitty. Nope. I'm just going to close these. No, I just accidentally down. just closed oh, okay, them. Okay. Oh, they're, I, I, they're back open now. All right. right. So, and yeah, I, got, did- I got the feed running too, by the way. Oh, well. there yeah, it is. Seeing this detective Skype. Grimoire. Yeah. All right. And this reminds me of Puzzle Quest. Remember mm. Pu- Puzzle Quest? I loved Puzzle yes, Quest. That was one of my favorite games. Yeah. And um, you're, of course, you're a detective. <laughs> <laughs> and you go to this swamp area and you're investigating a murder. So you're collecting clues, you're interviewing and interrogating the the local population. And there's it, so it and you put different puzzles together. So as you're collecting different clues, you can unlock a challenge. And then as you're interrogating, you can um, try to, uh, in, uh, I guess, start the challenge and I guess successfully interrogate the person correctly by presenting different evidence and it's just a really cool detective game it sounds like phoenix Wright a little bit is it a little bit a Mm. little bit but better way better for me but how is it puzzle questy is there match three uh puzzle game to fight things or what one of the oh no am i thinking of the wrong one puzzle (laughs) i think you are puzzle quest was like puzzle quest was that cute little black and white uh no the art the art oh no i'm not thinking i'm you're both it's thinking of the wrong game. Are oh, really? What yeah. was the the puzzle game? Puzzle that, Detective. Is that what it was called? I think I it was know. Puzzle, puzzle Detective. Puzzle Quest was was a was a midi or was a yeah, fan, fantasy game where you Quest, match three gems and yeah. Puzzle Detective. Yeah, the Puzzle Detective was the the game I was. Yes, that of. was it. But Puzzle yeah. Detective one and two. That's what this right. reminds me of. Detective Grimoire. I'm looking at it here. Oh, this is yeah. I I think I might like this. This is very you, Phoenix Wrighty, and I like Phoenix Wright. I think I think it's better than Phoenix Wright because really? whenever I played Phoenix Wright, it's like it's so well, wrong. You got to deal know. with that weird anime freaking psycho. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like and, I played it on the iPad and it was just me going click 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 and then objection and I was like, what am I? What's the point here? Yeah. Whereas this one actually has puzzles. So like one of the things you have to do, you have to unlock a gate to get to the other areas. And so now there's a little puzzle that you have to solve, and then you also have to 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 interrogate and question people and pick up different clues. And then you get to this clue board where you have around, I think it's around 10 different options up at the top and you bring down different options 
um, to engage a statement. And that statement then unlocks a challenge. So there's all kinds of different puzzles and searching and the art and the voice acting. Really great. Hmm. So it's a fun, fun little game that I missed. and Reviewed really well. Let's see. $3.99. Sweet. I'm happy to pay good money Excuse wait, me did, for a wait. game that is not going to uh, right. nickel and dime me. You keep saying you, you missed it, but was this released on a different platform first? No, I mean... It, it was a game that I... It says release date August the 18th, which was like, what, four days? No, 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 no. Eight, on iOS, it, on, no, that's on Steam. On iOS, it was launched January 10th. Ah. No, I'm sorry, it was updated January 10th, 2014, released right. on... So you're playing this on iOS. I must yeah. have missed that part. I'm sorry. Yeah, they must have done a Steam stuff. port you, you or something. You missed the little iOS next well, to it, the... Uh, it was just, it was <laughs> just, re- it notes. was just released on Steam as well, which is where uh-huh. I'm probably going to grab it for $7. How much on the iPad, three ninety nine or three ninety nine, four bucks. Mm, that's awful cute. Well, it's, look, it's really good. I don't. If you're asking me which this seems like a better platform to get it on, I think a tablet sounds like a great place for what I'm reading here. This seems like a perfect right. interface for it. Um, so yeah, don't if you've got yeah, both. Yeah, but I like doing I like doing the let's play with the walkthroughs. So. That's kind of a decision maker for me sometimes. What walkthroughs? Oh, you mean like yeah, developer like little, like, uh, commentary? Yeah, a little. Yeah, a little commentary well, eh, you know it's worth another three yeah, bucks sure i guess I four bucks know, i guess i don't know it's fun it's yeah. it's a it's a fun little game and i can i can recommend it i'm gonna get it yeah. i'm gonna get it on the android because i have amazon play credits who bought twitches Ooh. last week anyway or tries to no did they, they did they're they buy buying it, it. They it's did. done they bought it. billion it's dollars done. they're done they got it it's theirs they got it they've it's made theirs. it an announcement it's official i will give you we will give you one billion dollars you know what happened there uh, the deal with Google fell apart, not because Google didn't want to or they didn't want to. Uh, the, the talk is because that Google, Google fell apart because Google was afraid of um, non-compete law right, stuff right. because with, of their position with YouTube and they backed out because they're like, ah, we don't need the grief for the, the this stuff. I actually think Amazon's a better buy because they this is a good diversification for them. They don't already have a competing product like this. It puts them in an interesting place in the market to have a big juggernaut streaming service they can build on that right. is in direct competition or at the very least gives them something on par with what Google tries to do with YouTube and their live stuff. So uh, good on them, I think, for getting that. I think it's a good buy. And I'm not I'm not usually all for this whole let's swoop up the little guy deal, but they're not really I, the I little think, guy. They needed some money, no. so this is good. I think Twitch, Twitch from the beginning looked to me like it was being developed to sell. I mean, I, I had a... A strong feeling they were not going to be they were not going to be the final place they were just developing this technology because it's like hey you know what people really like uh, watching other people play video games right. and uh i think they were they were they were always thinking to sell to me oh i think they way. were never i think there's no question right i think they would love to have had a suitor sooner than this even but um it's good. Suta. it worked out suta 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 uh, all right, I'm gonna get that game. What else? Mm-hmm. You got anything else? Um, yes, I do. Ooh, another, another one, one. with the de- the devil in it. Today's yeah, the devil today's, day. Today's devil day. <laughs> uh, this one's called Devil's Attorney. Again, um, on iOS. I don't know if it's on uh, Wait, Steam. Is that uh, is that? Matlock? Is that who the devil's attorney is? No, wait, wait. <laughs> what are you no. saying? LA, I'm thinking, you know what? I'm As I'm playing this, it does have an LA law feel to it. Really? <laughs> yes. yes. That's great. It's it's totally '90s kind of feel. The cartoon gra- uh, the cartoon characters are really I like how they're drawn. 
Um, it's funny. And of course, you know, you're playing the attorney that um, is able to win every case and you play dirty and you it's turn based um, play. So when you go into the court, so you pick your case, you go into court and you have. Oh, I uh, played this game. This is so fun, isn't it? Yes, I forgot about this. And again, it's a, it's a kind of similar to uh, Phoenix Wright, except a, yeah. a little bit. Um, I like the humor more. I thought it was. Yeah. yeah, I like this a lot. Well drawn. I forgot I played this forever ago. This is a great game. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I missed it. Um, again, it's in that iTunes list of games you might have missed. Dollar ninety nine, really funny. So you have, and then you have an apartment. So before you go into court, you have an apartment that you're building up that will give you certain boosts. So you may buy, um, like I just bought a disco lamp, and it gave me plus one vanity. Yeah, <laughs> and so that that helps you um, attack your. Uh, opponent whether it's tampering with evidence or um interrogating a witness and again you have so many action points to eliminate the other side Mm -hmm. and you go back and forth back and forth and of course if you get to zero then you lose your case Mm -hmm. it's very funny yeah it's really well done the graphics are rad the cartoon style is really good uh i remember really liking it they haven't updated it since october of 2013 but um that's probably because yeah. they're done and it works great. So yeah. why bother? It's like, I'm not having any problems with it's it. It's what, two bucks? No big deal. Yeah, it's on sale right now. 33% off uh, $1.99. Yeah, I really enjoyed that game. I'm glad you brought that one up. I forgot yeah. it was called that, though. Thought Devil's Attorney. Yeah, the name never <laughs> stuck with me. Maybe that's a problem, but I, the game itself is real good. Uh, Brian, how about you? Super Splatters, what the hell's that? Oh, Super Splatters. I'm going things that I've probably missed as well is uh, Super Splatters because it's has been around on the Xbox apparently forever. They had, a, they had a first release. It was called, I think, just the Splatters, which is what you do in the toilet. Um, Whoa. But this is Super Splatters, what you do in the public restroom. No, I'm, I'm kidding. It's it's kind of a... <laughs> I was buying this. I thought you were telling me it was like, right. a, like a toilet simulator or something. <laughs> no, I wish it was a toilet simulator. That would be even better than what I'm playing. Mm. Uh, no, Super Splatters is the follow-up to the fairly successful Xbox uh, Live. Uh, it was not really live. What, is, what do they call the Xbox? Is Xbox Live? That's right. Yeah, it's still live. It's been so long since I've messed with it. I don't, I don't even know what well, they call no, it. Well, no, Live Arcade, is that what you mean? Yeah, I think it wasn't live arcade. Anyway, it was one of those indie developer In, oh, kind of things. Indie or uh, Xbox Indies right, or whatever the hell right. it was. Yeah, yeah. To the point. Yeah. To the point. It kind of reminds me of something somewhere between uh, uh, Peggle, yeah, uh, World of Goo. Maybe just a little bit of uh, aiming mechanic, like you would see in Worms. And uh, there was something else, too, that reminded me of. It's like this whole conglomeration of different games that it feels like. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's one of those games where you have to figure out the best way to accomplish a task, and that task is to hurl your jelly body at a wall, and then you, you burst into jelly goo everywhere, and the jelly goo <laughs> rains down on these objects stars star clusters and and then when when they meet your goo they explode mm. right yeah okay yeah and on top of that uh you're some kind of celebrity in this one super splatters because 
what you're wanting to do is you want more viewers of your event where you go through and you blast yourself into a wall and you goo everywhere and <laughs> it it makes all these great little explosions and on top of that you get to ch- you have this little uh back and forth almost like you would see in like a pinball tilt kind of thing where you where you tilt the screen just a little bit and you can you can kind of reverse your direction a little bit when you do that you can cover more goo everywhere. Yeah, this is so, the most, out of context, this is the most pornographic conversation we've ever had. It absolutely is. Yeah. It's kind of hard to describe because it's such a combination of so many different games. Yeah. And, but it's, it's, it's a little bit addictive. I played this, this was just the demo, and I put a video, video up of me playing just a demo's worth. Yeah. And I played through the entire demo. I don't usually make it through entire demos. I just usually don't. I'm usually like, Okay, I've demoed enough of your stupid game. I'm out. While this is a stupid game, it's a little bit fun. It's kind of addicting. And it's a little bit old, too. I mean, this was released even on uh, on Steam, like, in 2013, June 2013. But apparently they just decided to release a demo so all of us demo people could get a, a gander at it. So they sucked me in. All right. And uh, so I, I play. It's, it's fun for a demo. Why not? And it's it's like ten dollars. I think that's a bit much, even though the content seems like it's there. There's a lot of content. The fact this game is kind of, you know, over a year old and is kind of simplistic. I would expect more along the lines of four ninety nine. So if you're listening, super splatters or creators, I'll give you four ninety nine right now. All right. That's I'll how. upgrade my demo. I'll update my grim- demo right now. Grimo. You will knock it down. My grimo. Did your grimo. Got it. What the hell is Max Gentleman? Max Gentleman is a a (laughs) free-to-play game anyone can pick up on the the Steam. It's on Steam. Okay. It is on the Steam, and it's a gentleman's game. So, Scott, no sense in you even getting this. All right. It, I uh, can I can I play it? I actually think Nicole would enjoy it more. <laughs> uh, is this it's, full it's, motion it's, video I'm looking at? Is that in the game? Oh no, no, good. that Thank that goodness. is not in the game. They they do some little uh, pre rendering for that little that little sales pitch they're doing there. But no, it's very it's very simple. Now what you're seeing now on the screen is actually more like how the game is. It's kind of that almost Monty Python kind of cut out stuff on top of of moving backgrounds. <laughs> But you're playing what these very going gentlemen on here. This is crazy. You're, you're playing these very gentle gentlemen and and gentle ladies, and uh, you know it's, it's set in that kind of that you know turn of the century uh, kind of we're kind of becoming civilized now. And uh, but they're wearing tat. They got a lot of tattoos on. They're 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 all about taking their shirts off and having the fisticuffs. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, here? muscle muscle bound men with the with a handlebar mustache and their fists in right. the air and they want to fight. Yeah. Exactly. And what you're doing, all the games so far that I've played, the free the free part of it, because this is free to play, but you can purchase more things. Does this in, take place in San Francisco? In, <laughs> it kind of looks like it, doesn't it? It kind of looks like it totally does. Today's day and age. It's a very simple game across a very cute backdrop. It's of a bunch that of hipsters is what it looks era. like. Exactly what it is. Mm. And so what you're doing is you have you have hats on your head of different types. And as you go along, you can unlock those different types of hats. You can also purchase some type of hats too. But what you're doing, you're going, uh, you're going through different levels that allow you to uh, make your hat jump over your head. So almost all the game mechanic involves jumping the hats off of your head to collect more hats. Yeah. So 
whether that be if you're riding next to a, a horse-drawn buggy and you need to pop one of your hats on your head to knock another hat off so that you get this hat stack and the hat stack uh, gets taller and taller and you can uh, go up and down, like place your cursor on the different hat levels and you can pop those hats up in the air as required or needed because you will occasionally run across a bird or a boomerang or somebody throwing a beer and if they hit one of the hats, it gets knocked off. And the object, of course, is to uh, stack as many hats on your head as possible. This sounds kind of lame, but it's a really fun. It looks uh, interesting. I'll say it's that. Re- I've, I played this one. I played this one. If this had been a demo, I would have played de- two demos worth. Whoa. But uh, <laughs> right, the two, ha- the, the different hats are, are fascinating and fun. And I, it's once again, it's just really addicting. It's, it's difficult, but it's doable. So I, I really like those kind of games where it's like, it's not so difficult that I get frustrated, but it's not so easy that I get bored. And I think the balance is really good. If you look right now, they got a corgi in there. You can play as a corgi with hats. You like corgis, don't you? Those Aww. dogs with little stumpy, stumpy sure. legs. You they're, like those guys, they're right? They're adorable, those little things. I hate those things. Yeah, I'm they're, sorry, corgi they're okay. They're not hurting anybody. Why are they so angry? Corgi hate mail now. Yeah. Why are they so angry? <laughs> Why are those corgis so angry? All the corgi lovers. I know, and they're going to write me back, and they're going to say, it's not the Corgi's fault. It's the owner's fault because they're making them mean. They're making them mean. Oh, that's too oh, bad. It is too bad. Well, but there, that's, that's, there you go. Max, Max Gentleman is a really fun little romp into the uh, turn of the century kind of muscle man, let's fight kind of thing and drink beers and, and collect hats. Do they go, ha, 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 Of course they do, ha, 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 ha. Wow. Punching right. bears. I'm punching bears right now. Well, that's what you want. Um, excellent. Do you know if Dan Patrice? He's in the uh, chat room. That, that's that board gaming guy who uh, occasionally. For some reason, comes I cannot show. find him. In Wait, the Skype. Hold on, Dan. Oh, there he is. Nope, I found him. We're gonna add him to the to the thing. How do you feel about that? I am Yay. excited about Dan Patrice. Add to. Skype's being weird. Oh, invite to group call. Here we go. They changed the term. It used to be a different word on there. I don't know what's going on. What What was the word before Scott? It was uh, It was uh, this right here. It was uh, Smack Talk. There you go. That's what it was. <laughs> All right. Here's some music, Dan. Intruder alert. Intruder alert. Okay. There it is. Hey. Whoa. We got it all working now. Ladies and gentlemen, join us with us now. What? Welcoming to the show, <laughs> Dan Patrice, who is on the line. Dan, what's going on? Not much. I was, I was hiding in Skype because... Uh, Dunaway was throwing his goo all around. I didn't want to get hit by I know. Anything. Gosh, the Good goo thing. that was being thrown around <laughs> earlier. Ugh. <laughs> Rough business. Uh, Dan, we haven't spoken since you got back from, from Gen Con. Yep, and I might actually be recovered. Oh, that's good. Now. It takes After a little way, a, a little while to kind of get over it. Uh, Do you guys know the 3 2 one rule when you go to cons? No. Talk about Explain. This? It's a three-hour sleep, two meals, and one shower. <laughs> <laughs> you got to try to uh, try to keep to that. The three-hour sleep is the thing I kind of edge on a little bit, but uh, all the rest of them I'm, I'm good with. I got to have more sleep than that. It's just, <laughs> well, I'm too I get, old. Uh, you have more showers con, Yeah. It's called condrenaline is what I call it when you get to a, you know, you don't see a lot. Of, it's like summer camp. You don't see some of these people more than once a year. So when you get there, you get so excited to see everybody so that you don't really need hardly any sleep. This is true. Right. Do, you, do you also take showers with people when you're at cons like you did at camp? Is that a thing? Uh, I try not to, but occasionally right. it happens. Yeah. But Dan dropped his soap again. Nobody go near Dan. 
Um, as long as there's no goo, we're okay. How was uh, how was Indiana? How was the con? Did you see anything there that just blew your freaking mind? You know what? I could literally talk for over an hour with all the great stuff I saw. It was right. it's ridiculous. The, the theme of the con was sold out because every game, I would say eight of the 13 games that I kind of mentioned over those two weeks yeah. sold out, most of which sold out within the first day, some of them in the second day. Wow. It was ridiculous. Awesome. Wow. Did, um, uh, did Sparks Games, did they sell out? I'm not sure. They didn't have a whole lot at their booth. I didn't even yeah. get a chance to stop because every time I went by, they were they were pretty busy. So they might have actually sold out. Was that a Hypocrisy? Was that the name of the game that he was demoing, I think? Uh, yeah, I can't, re- it, I can't, can't remember. Uh, but it was it was pretty packed over there. I never even got over to see Kurtz because the, it was so many people in that. Oh, uh, wow. Um, you know, the, the hall has – it was 33% bigger, and I still couldn't move when yeah, I was in there. still busy. Because, I mean, their turnstile was – their turnstile attendance was over about 160,000. Yeah. That's so a lot, dude. It was insane. That's what we're expecting um, this week, or not this weekend, next weekend for Salt Lake Comic Con. And I'm not, I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I'm looking forward to that crowd. It's just too much. They're, they've expanded you have this your year. Big of Purell? Oh, good Lord. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we got Purell. We got wipes. We got all kinds of things wipes. to deal with while I'm over yeah. there. But I just, it's getting in and getting out that gives me gas. You know, it's like, oh, I got all these people. Man, if I had a nickel for every time we had Johnson gas, <laughs> yeah, right. poor guy. That's right. Uh, well, it's funny because you mentioned that, like Concrud. We uh, yeah. there's a guy, Jason Tagmeyer. He did a uh, he he did um, Pixel Lincoln, and he also did Maximum Throwdown, which I mentioned on uh, Nerd Parents. He came up with this little. It's kind of like a meta game. It's called Concrud, mm. and I know that's going to lead to a lot of jokes, but just hear me out here. It's it's a one card <laughs> thing. It's called Concrud, and it basically on one card of the card, it says the goal is to get rid of Concrud, and how you play is basically you kind of slip it to people as you're kind of like going to shake their hand, you slip them the card, or when you go to hand them like something else, you hand them Concrud. That's a great and, idea. And it's, it's awesome, and you just kind of, <laughs> you, you got to do it with like your friends, because if you hand it to some random schmo, they're going to just throw it out, but if you're, yeah. if you're trying to slip it to your buds the whole weekend, it just becomes, it just becomes awesome. a real funny. I got a few of them. I'm going to send them to you guys. Oh, I'd love uh, that. And maybe you can get into it at a BlizzCon or something like that. Sure. Sure, why not? I, the big trick I've heard from a couple of friends who have tested this is that as long as you, the, the one rule is always to never touch touch your own face, not even once at the right, entire right, con. Right. Don't rub your eye, don't itch anything, don't go anywhere near your head with your hands at all. Even if you've washed them a million times, you will cut down your rate of acquiring some sort of con crud by like some 60% or something. Yeah, I mean, and, and the other thing is to make sure you get plenty of sleep, which I'm not usually pretty good at. But you know, every it's some for every four hours sleep you lose, uh, your immune system is uh, compromised by about fifty percent. Oh, good lord! So you got to watch. I'm out I'm actually for that. pretty good at that. Once I settle in, I'm I'm cool with everyone's having a good time at midnight. And me going, all right, you guys, later. I don't. I'm too old to give a shit. <laughs> See ya, suckers. I don't get. Old I don't Johnson care anymore. His ugly head. Yeah, just get out of here. I mean, what are you gonna do? Just sit around, talk, and drink. I'm tired. Good, good night. Well, that's where the board games and some of those other social games come in. That's why I think we end up staying up so much is because you're just playing stuff constantly. Yeah. I had a it's conversation just... one time with Felicia Day at BlizzCon, and she said, I'm not a partier. <laughs> and I I know what she means. It's like they everybody wants you to stay out and party all night, but I'm just like, you know what? It would be really nice right now, a hotel bed and some <laughs> weird-ass thing that only comes on HBO that time of night, and then I'm out. That's it. I'm out. <laughs> I don't mean sexy, but anyway, hey. Well, Dan, so one of the big games. Yes, um, tell us all about it. You, uh, there's a few games. Well, did you guys hear about the XCOM board game that they announced? I right did hear about Gen it, Con? yes. It's very exciting. It, it wasn't, wasn't there for purchase, but it was there for uh, 
for demo. And it's pretty cool. It marries kind of like the whole getting your iOS devices in there, like getting your iPad. And it's a co-op game and you play uh, four players. Everybody's got their own little job. You know, somebody's like putting out the troops. Somebody's worrying about the money. Somebody else is worrying about the base. Somebody else is worrying about your tech tree. It's really cool. Uh, it's going to be another one of them. It, it, Sky, you may not like it because I'm sure the rule book is going to be insane because it's a fantasy flight game. But it, it looks really, really cool. And I saw some demos of that. But the game that I wanted to mention, um, God, see how excited I am? So many games, so little time. <laughs> um, the Spiel des Jahres winner uh, is called Camel Up. Now, this is a, it's kind of a betting game. I'm going to put a, a picture of it in the uh, chat room for you to check know, out. I don't know if I want to bet on camels. camels. Come on now. <laughs> One hump or two, it's, baby. It, it's like, a, I think it's two, to, two or three to eight players. The sweet spot is really that four to five range. Um, it's just you're betting on these camels. Now, there's a, a cute little... Uh, thing where you get this up, uh, it's a pyramid and it's got five dice in it. And you're not, you don't take the role of one of the camels, but you're betting on the camels who's going to win. So each round, you kind of, you have one of a few things you can do. You can either take uh, the action where you get a coin and you can put out one of the dice. And then when the die comes out, that color camel moves. But the th cool thing is, if you notice on the picture, the camels can stack on top of each other. So if you, if there's a camel on top of the one you have to move, it moves with that camel. Mm. So then as things are going, you could also bet on which camel is going to be in front in each leg. So as you take all five dice out, that's going to be one leg. So you're betting on who's going to be in first or second in that particular leg. Then all the dice go back into the, the pyramid. Uh, you're also, uh, one of the actions you can do is you put down a card. At any time in the game, you can put down a card who you think is going to be in first or in last when one lap is complete. And then you get a certain amount of coins depending on that. Uh, two, and there's two other humps little or one, things. Scott. Two humps or one? I want two humps. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so it's it's uh, just just an absolute blast to play, and you're kind of laughing at it. If you have too many people, we played it with six, seven, and eight. It wasn't quite as much fun as when you played with like four or five, because then you could really yuck it up and have a good time. Some games are just uh, better suited it. for certain numbers, right? Like some with massive numbers, some with two of you, some with, with four. Like it's it's always interesting to me how to see how these games are tuned. Um, yeah, and how quickly and things can get right out of one, hand. Yeah. If you don't play with the right one, you may be really turned off to a game that could be really, really good. Yeah. Uh, one of the cool things about Board Game Geek is they've got a uh, – uh, one of the sections in each board game entry has a what the recommended player count is. So they'll have – like a lot of the users will vote on what the sweet spot is. Mm. So oh, if you can neat. play in that sweet spot, it'll be really, really good. I mean, it's a camel up. Is, it's really light. You can play with kids, families, gamers. I mean, it's a great late night game or just a great drunk people. Yeah. Drunk people, exactly. Mm -hmm. Drinking camel up is a real good thing too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> You're flipping out, a, you know, as the dice come out, that's how you're giving out the drinks as well. So we right. think of just about everything. So I got a, I got two questions for you. Yes, sir. Real quick here. One, why does Board Game Geek uh, just insist on looking like a website made in 1995? Right, right. I love it, but it also gets it's, me. And no, you know it's, what, um, it's mostly database, so I get it. I understand. It's not, you know, it's not, it doesn't need to be pretty. The, the community there doesn't care, but man. Like looking oh, at some it, it does look thing. like shite, yeah. and and it could be so much better. I, I've talked to a couple of the people that run Board Game Geek. Uh, they said pretty much the infrastructure is so old, and everything is so intertwined with old stuff that if they did anything to it, it would they would just lose everything. It'd just be a huge mm -hmm. mess. I totally get it. That, that back end sounds like pain. old man fear. To no, me. that would you could do it, <laughs> but it's you're talking about a huge financial thing. Yeah, to switch yeah, it up. And they, they go Kickstarter, bomb. Kickstarter, Kickstarter. <laughs> You know, you know how quick that would fund, could. dude? Oh, my gosh, mm -hmm. that would fund in a day. And that's, and that's, a, the, you know, great that's one of the things about Board Game Geek is it looks so bad and it's so um, unuser-friendly that it just turns off the, you know, the casual gamer. 
Yeah. You know, it right. takes you a long time to get used to what if you know, it, you know if what you, can really if you bring, can convince yeah. one of those guys to change it, I'll do some free art for him. Tell him I'll put some free header art up there, and then uh, then they all they have to do is fix the entire site. That seems like a fair trade. Let, let um, me tell you something about yeah. board game geeks. Yeah. Uh, they they have obsession problems. Why can't they do this? Yeah, they obsess. They can handle that. They can handle a little data. Who? Oh, them. No board game. Yeah, people. but yeah. Yeah. it's a whole infrastructure. It's problem. a big mess. Yeah. It's bigger than we think. It always is. There's that always things we don't know. I wish we would look better because you know sometimes even na- knowing how to navigate through there, you can't get to where you need to be. Yeah, it's a little tricky. All right, second question is John this. Funk. I need John you. Funk John to Funk could totally yeah. fix it. You know he could. <laughs> um, so I got a question for you that is more homework because I know you're not probably not going to have this off the top of your head. Are there or can we find? A recommended board game, card game, something, tabletop, something that replicates the feel and mechanics of a roguelike uh, in terms of like, you know, character progression, but losing everything each time you play, uh, except for certain stats or whatever that carry over to the next game. Uh, Just that kind of roguelike play that you'd get in Rogue Legacy or you'd get in uh, Spelunky or a dozen other titles. I would love to play a game that replicated the way those games feel, but do it in a board game or a tabletop game. Well, there's there's a few. I'll give you one quick now, but I'll I'll table this to next week All for right. you. So to give me a little table more. Table it. There's a, you know you've got the old. Do you remember the 19 like 80, 77, 80 dungeon with the uh, exclamation point? I do. It was an old Hasbro yes. game. Yes. They just put it out recently, sure. and uh, it was it's less than twenty dollars. Uh, I think you can find it in most mass market stores. But they redid it, upgraded the art and stuff like that. That's kind of like a roguelike. Mm. This is pretty simple. You're going into the dungeon, but there's a few other. Uh, better ones than that and you know what i'll, I'll definitely make sure I, I let you guys know about a few uh that are that are simple and roguelike uh very excited time, about that idea i got a few few in mind that, yeah. uh, that i could point out to you well you're the man i have, I have no doubts in your uh, abilities as a sleuth of board game wow. stuff to find it that uh, thing is a huge board man dungeon oh that dungeon is, yeah it's and big. it's got cardboard standees and stuff which is pretty cute man. you know and it's it keeps the price down but it's it's a little antiquated and old but uh sure. th- there are better sure there are better dungeon crawlers and, and it's kind of a, a big thing now du- dungeon crawlers you know it's one of the big few between uh dungeon crawlers and you got sci-fi games and uh, 4x games are are, uh, are always awesome yeah. but uh, just finding the marriage between those two is uh, is not easy you know i imagine not uh anything else of note before we cut you loose well, there was another game. Do you guys, uh, you know, it's it's shame Nicole left because she's a Midwestern girl, but, you know, playing Euchre and stuff. Do you guys play any trick-taking games? Trick-taking like, or trip-taking? A trick-taking, kind of like spades or, or hearts. Oh, uh, or occasionally, Euchre, sure, yeah. Or Wist. Um, one of the games at a con that I loved was called Diamonds by Stronghold Games. Uh, it's basically, it's a trick-taking game, but there's no trump. Uh, and you're kind of, every, it's every man for himself. It, it also goes up to six. Uh, and six, you play with teams. But every other, under, uh, excuse me, other than that, it's every man for itself. So as you're playing a trick, if you win a trick, if you get a diamond, you put a diamond into your vault. You've got a little screen. If you win a trick with a heart, you put a diamond in front of your screen. Because once they're behind, they can't be stolen. Uh, if you get a spade, you take one from in front of your vault and you put it into your vault. And a club, you basically club somebody else and steal a diamond from in front of their, their screen. So as you win tricks, you can also – so the, since there's no trump, like kind of like hearts or spades, usually if you were to throw off, you would throw the trump and win a trick. But here, since there's no trump, when you throw off or you basically throw the, a different suit, you get to do that action as well. Oh, so then you play you play the number of rounds equals the amount of people. Uh, every diamond that's behind your screen is two points. Every diamond in front of your screen is one point. So easy to play uh, and, and an absolute ton of fun. I've played it a bunch. Uh, the designer, Mike Fitzgerald, he's done 
Uh, he did uh, Wyvern in the past, which was like the second CCG. Uh, he does a lot of stuff with uh, with Pokemon. He's the guy that like kind of came up with all these Pokemon decks and stuff mm. like that. He's worked for he's worked for so many different places uh, as far as making these CCGs. And this is kind of like his labor of love, and it's a great game. I, I would tell you guys, it's such a good family game. You guys would love this. All right, I have to check this one out. Uh, give them the full name again. Uh, that's called Diamonds. Diamonds, everybody. Like uh, your best friend, right? Diamonds. <laughs> yep, so Diamonds and Camel Up kind of two of my uh, hits at a con. And I'm sorry to talk your ear off, Johnson. I'm so excited. No. About oh, no. Games. This so is many. great, dude. You 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 bring the beef. I like it. This is good beef. We like this beef. The beef. Uh, and I was, wish I was coming to see you done away at Dragon Con, but I... I, I did too, man. I got to stay home and do the fam thing. This come to, uh, I, come, to gonna... come to BlizzCon and we'll make it up for it. There you go. Man, I wish that would be God, that would be a that would be a lifelong dream come true. That's kind of a bucket list thing. Is it? Oh, sweet. Yeah. Well, maybe if it, if it ever works out, I, I, think have, we can cover I have that. I have contacts. I can get tickets. Yeah, we'll talk about that off air. Sounds uh, good. <laughs> uh, it's Dan. It's Geek Jock Blog on Twitter. And uh, Dan, anything else that we should send? People no, to? that that's about it. Um, I, I can't wait to pick up uh, Diablo on the uh, console myself. So oh, I'm it's really good, dude. It's really, really good. I'll You're be, love I'll be it. hitting you. I'll be looking for you guys for the season thing. You, can, I'm guess you can, uh, you can group up and then once the season starts. Right? The season so starts. Be- so the, so the, so right now that patch content is only on the PC and Mac version, um, for the season stuff and all that. Right, uh, right. That will come to the console at some point. But yes, starting Friday, the first season starts, and you can group, play by yourself, whatever. Right. Uh, I'm very well, interested in that. If, uh, if you're going to be doing that season stuff, because I'll be uh, hitting that pretty hard. Oh, for hard sure. I'm season. absolutely planning on it. The, the real question is, I don't know, you know, like seasons are timed, right? So you only have so much time to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, that worries me <laughs> <on> how far <laughs> I get as quickly as I want to get there, you know? Uh, yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm still, I'm unsure about where my, I'm going to end up in all that, but I need to at least try it the first time and see how I do. Uh, After so that we'll, patch, we'll, I feel like they they turned up the loot even more because I was getting stuff dropping like crazy. Oh yeah, for sure. But we'll be in touch, dude. Don't yeah, you worry. Absolutely. I'm sorry. I was just see. I can't stop talking. No, it's all good. <laughs> Our best to you, the family, and have a great weekend. And let's talk again next week. It's been rad. Thanks a lot, guys. Miss you. Be good. Have see a good ya. One. Thanks, Dan. All right, Nicole is gone. Yeah, everybody's gone. So Dan really could have stayed as long as he wanted. Really. Yeah, he could have hung out the rest of the show. Now that I think about it. Right. Right. <laughs> now that you mention it, <laughs> uh, let's do some of this real quick. Valkyrie needs food. I need food. So we're not going to talk about Twitch oh. buying or selling out to, to Amazon. We're not going to talk about, uh, I don't know what else happens. We you know, can, because you can listen to Boop. You've already kind of covered that. Yeah, Boop, week, B-O-O-P right? show, uh, Boop, Boop show, which uh, tomorrow's new episode. We'll cover all the all that kind of news. But uh, yeah, we want to talk a little bit more about this little thing you've written here, which is when politics and social issues get into your game. So for example... I don't know. I'm trying oh, to think of it. So every, it seems like at least a couple of times a year, some news event or politics will creep into a flash type game, a real simple game that has nothing, has no other reason to exist other than to push either uh, education or agenda or agenda, or sometimes just push being a troll. Like I right. remember there was a nine 11 flash game that came out not long after the whole nine 11 thing. That was a game where you had to use your mouse to try to swat airplanes away from crashing into the the towers, and the, right, and they right. kept getting more and more and quicker and quicker, and you had to be faster to get rid of them and slap them out of the sky. Um, yeah, I mean that sort of thing is a is not uncommon. And then, like you said, there's some that come out where this is a simulator. What was the one? Um, they, it was on Apple. It was actually an iOS thing for a while, and they got yanked, but it simulated 
the kind of abject slavery that sort of exists in Chinese factories, the low paying jobs, right. the horrible hours. Uh, I forget what it was, but it was basically chronic chronicling the life of your phone from where it started right, till right. it got to your hands. And it was, you know, really critical of corporate it, moves and right. things, not just Apple, but everybody really who manufactures large quantities of yeah. stuff in, uh, in Asia. And uh, yeah, you're right. It there, like this thing in uh, Ferguson, there's a, there's a game, right? Well, there's, there's not a game yet, but a, a, a developer, a game developer has, was already developing a game that kind of discussed the idea that the media, uh, through their presentation of an event, will often skew the public's mind of how things are and can actually incite people uh, to maybe a level that might not have happened. So it's, the game was already about framing, and it was how a cameraman or a newscaster frames an event or a scene to where it looks like one thing in one framing and it looks like another in another framing. So he was kind of messing with that game mechanic already. And then when Ferguson came about, he was like, oh, well, maybe this is the game that I can go into. And then he's like, uh, nope, because uh, it, you know, so it's a really intense situation that's going on there. And uh, but I thought the game mechanic was interesting. I just hope nobody makes, and I'm sure someone will. Somebody will make a stupid Ferguson game. You know they will. Oh, of course they will. And uh, right, you they know, always it's, do. It's somebody right, always it's does. Right? Yeah, it's right on the possibility of happening. So here's so here's my take on that. Right. I don't have any problem with anybody doing anything they want to do. You know, if you're going to come out with a game and you're going to have a political slant to it that's either pro or against something, or you have a big reason to think that uh, you have a. a, a you know, you have a message to send everybody based on your belief about right. a certain situation or whatever. Like, I think, wasn't there a Columbine simulator thing yes, for a while? Was. Now, that yeah. one just strikes me as trolly. Um, oh, but, yeah. but regardless, I think those people should be allowed to make whatever they want to make. But if they want to have the conversation, right? Because these are, these are meant to kick up the conversation. You at least should be prepared for the inevitable somewhat some support but the inevitable backlash you're going to get for making what you're making and not only backlash about the subject matter but backlash people saying you shouldn't use video games as a platform for your political stand there's just no way around it like right. that's and, where i feel like people aren't prepared so you know there's a lot of if, if you made a game about i don't know uh, i'm just donkey to think. donkeys and elephants let's say somebody so I was, I was reading this article the other day about somebody who had gone to prison right uh, who, for killing his father. And nine years later, they found out that he had a condition that made him essentially clinically insane when it happened. And he right, wouldn't have right. done it otherwise. And there's you know all these other signs that he has a severe mental illness. But it took nine years to figure it out. If you made a video game that was just focused on dudes rage-killing people because they're mentally ill or something, that may be right. an important issue to, issue to you, but you may, but you've got to be prepared for the fallout of of doing something like that. People are going to have a problem times, with it, you know. I think a lots of times they want that attention, and uh, you think you want the public eye looking at you as long as uh, the the result back is is not too harsh and too focused. But it can be it can be really harsh and focused, especially if uh, news media picks it up. And they and you know they really run with it. You can get a lot of hate. Uh, Cinderflame 
in the chat room is saying, uh, it's just to give you a quick little run of what some of the chat room people are saying, yeah. uh, Senator Flame is saying they have the free speech right to put out what they want, but they have to accept the consequences of their actions. So that's kind of mirroring what we said. Yeah, also, uh, right. Captain Kipper says he remembers the Kennedy assassination game. Now with that, if it's kind of, it's kind of so far back, it's almost historical. And I don't, I don't know if I would put that in the same frame because i don't have an emotional attachment see that's a, a big social that's a really important to, uh, point dude because think because because right. look at it this way if you made a game simulator that was i don't know it's your your pearl harbor and you're defending your it's a, let's call it a tower defense okay because that's right, a right. thing people like set up make a tower defense game that is pearl harbor defending itself against waves of attacks from the you know, from Japan, the Empire of with Japan. Cuba Gooding Jr. Yeah, shooting. You could probably you right. could probably get away with that now and not have it be too tonally deaf because it's so far in the past. It's a historical thing that none of us were alive when it occurred. Uh, we see it through different eyes now, right. and you could say a hundred years from now you could do something like that around nine eleven. And and again, you're so far removed, it doesn't feel like there's the emotional right. impact. But I, you're I totally think, right. There's a timing thing here. So if you're going to put out a Ferguson game in the next three weeks, you're talking about some serious scrutiny. Oh, absolutely. You See, put out the, a Ferguson thing, Ferguson thing in ten, you know, five years when things right. have hopefully calmed down, assuming they did. That might be seen more as a retrospective. Hey, let's not forget those lessons. Here's an interesting game and mechanics that will help us remind us, you know, what that was and what that meant, you know, from a historical perspective. And you can do more. Right. With more time. So, yeah, time plays a huge factor in this stuff. Huge, huge factor. I'll yeah. tell you what doesn't play a factor is when uh, any of these political parties do this weird-ass crap they're doing right now. Uh, I don't know if you saw this uh, little game, but I posted in the show notes. Uh, the NRSC, which is the National Republicans something-something. Anyway, they are, uh, <laughs> they, they are basically the committee to make sure that Republicans are in power. So their political slant is if they're Republican, they're right. It doesn't matter about anything else. And, uh, wow, that played. So, right. So this, 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 this game is you got this, uh, you got this, is there a way to turn it down so I can, uh, I just, right. Hold on. Let me see if I can turn the volume on it down. Okay. It's muted. Right. There you go. All right. So, uh, so you, you're playing as a, an elephant Republican and, uh, you, you're got kind of like this running suit on with the, with this eight bit, kind of stuff but this is the description in the in the in your little elephant game. by the way your little elephant dude yeah your little your little elephant which of course duh the gop all right hi my name is Giopi. i'm one of the <laughs> gop's best volunteers for the 2014 midterms yes it's coming people freak out now yeah. and i'm here to show you how you uh how wait i'm i'm here to show you how we can win back the senate there is going to be a lot of red tape and regulations in our way, but we need to overcome them in order to succeed. At the end of each level, there is a link that will bring you to a site where you can support Republicans in real life. Ready to get started? Not even a little bit. Great. Have fun. And uh, so this 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 stupid little flash looking game and uh, and. I guess that it's, it's like a key that you have to collect, or you collect these keys, and it's got like that. Is that like an ISIS symbol on the top? Is that like? Are we? Are we getting into the it's into the some conspiracy kind of thing? I, I don't know about that. I just know that this is like America's Army. That game, 
It's right. It's yes, a game. At but least it's America's a, Army was fun. This is kind of a platformer. Well, with a, I always felt like America's Army was definitely a recruitment tool and yeah, definitely absolutely. just was driven. You know, that's why they why else would they make it? There's no other yeah. point for it than even if it's just PR, it's still PR for the army. Right. Um, right. This this it one's was, a little it was a more recruitment tool. They they handed it out at and at recruitment stations. The the CD America's Army they handed that out uh, at, at all the recruiter places. Yeah. Um, hold on. This is weird. My thing's not working. But what I was going to say it's about probably it's pr- probably Giappi. He's in your he's in your uh, he's in your computer now. Do you, this whole Giappi thing is a little bit weird because I don't know who this service is. I don't think there's any like politically neutral people running into the Giappi flash game and going, "Ooh, this looks fun." Like this, that's not who their target is. If they're targeting Democrats who are savvy enough, they're going to just laugh at this. And if they're targeting right. other Republicans, well, then you're preaching to the choir. I don't understand what this actually does for everybody. Are- I, I, I'm I'm not sure if they have like this misguided in idea that they can somehow go viral with this and maybe reach a younger generation who they can kind of who they aiming at though eight year olds I mean because I don't think I'm gonna really know of any people that are gonna be soon voting age that would really want to play this game so it's kind of it's kind of weird and it feels really dirty to me to uh it it almost feels like you know how we we had cartoons during the 80s where it was nothing but selling toys and uh and this feels like nothing but selling agenda through video games to me a little bit but dirty. these are still fringes and and this is the thing we have right. to ex- uh, expect as video games continue they already are but as they continue to be more and more a part of mainstream culture across the right. world in various nations and cultures this stuff will start to come in on the fringes whether it's po- politics whether it's personal vendettas, whether it's trolling, whether it's full on hackers, whether it's legitimate stuff, big budget stuff, indie stuff, there's now room in this ever enlarging, you know, entertainment culture that you'll start to see all kinds. And so it's, it's, I'm not that surprised. And it's not like there's thousands of these, there's going to be two or three. And then they may just be as dumber, even dumber than this Giappi thing. They gotta be dumb. It's pretty I, you know, dumb. That's the things I'm not even gonna play it because they either want my Facebook info, my Google Plus info, or my email, and I'm not giving them any, any of those. So right, not gonna happen. I mean, no. you can all those things are even if I was a hardcore Republican that wanted to spread the word on this, I'm not giving you my damn info. Right. What am I asking to get spammed for the next six years? Oh forget my gosh, it. they'll be calling you, man. They'll be calling you on the phone. Freaking forget it. Uh, we got some feedback here. One from Mr. Mori, uh, Mr. Morty Reed. Mr. Morty Reed. He uh, said this on uh, Twitter. Uh, Brian Dunaway, what do you use for game video capture? I got into the closed beta event with no NDA and I wanted to post it for the TFS show. Closed beta right. for what? Uh, I think he was talking about the, um, 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 I can't remember. Closed oh my beta, gosh. I've totally, beta. I'm totally spacing. Closed beta for uh, Warcraft or? For, no, no, no. It was that, it's that, I think it's a free-to-play game. Far we were talking about it at the time. I don't know. Context-wise, I probably could remember, but I can't. All right, I can't. That's, that's fine. But what do you use I'm when fine. you're capping stuff? Not uh, well. I, I guess we can talk right. about the PC, but also what what if what are you going to do elsewise? Right, right. Well, on the PC, that's where I mo- I capture most of my stuff, and so I don't have to have any other hardware than my own video card. I use XSplit, which is a you know you pay for the service. I think it's what fourteen ninety five for three months or something. Every three yeah, and the guy pays like sixty that. a year or something like that. Yeah, right, right. It's it's fairly reasonable for a personal account now. If you're wanting to go more professional and you want to do you know have a business and whatnot, I guess you could uh, go for the higher up stuff. And they've got one just called GameCaster, 
But the, the thing about XSplit, the kind of I have to kind of make a choice between. I own Fraps, yeah, which is a, not a not a pay for service. You just buy the software and it's yours. Um, and I own XSplit. XSplit compresses on the fly, yeah. So it's more processor intensive. You have more options because you can set up scenes and you can put your you, know, you can put your webcam in there and you can do every all the editing kind of a little bit on the fly. You've got a lot of hotkeys and stuff. Fraps. Very simple. Uh, it writes directly to your hard drive, uncompressed. So the performance is sometimes a little bit better on that. Yeah, it's also the uh, files are huge, so there's a trade-off. Files are huge. And oftentimes right. you got to convert them depending on what your editor is. Uh, yeah. Because that AVI format they use is freaking weird. Yeah, and you know what? I do I do pretty good. I, I tried a whole bunch of different things. I tried Premiere Essentials for the editing part of it. I have actually found that Windows Movie Maker, which comes with Windows 7, Windows 8, those kind of things, uh, part of the Live Essentials pack, it's the only thing I install. I get rid of all the rest of the crap, but I install that. It allows me to uh, do really quick, easy edits, and then I can just press a button, and it'll bring up YouTube, and it will it will post at YouTube and everything. It made makes my life super simple. So I use also have used and played around with OBS. I don't like its export settings. Um, yeah, it's kind OBS of crappy. Is, it's, it's got some way to go. Maybe that stuff will improve, but right now it's kind of poop. But it's I, open source. Yeah. There's a big learning curve. I do and, quite like, uh, uh, I, I really like shadow play though with uh, NVIDIA yes. cards. So yes, if you've yes. got an NVIDIA card that is up to snuff or current enough that they support shadow play on it, it is a built in and just kind of comes with the card, uh, you know, piece of software driver thing that lets you right. do screen capture, does really good quality, does compression on the fly. So there's some, you know, stuff going on there, but most of the, the heavy lifting is put on the card and not your CPU. Right, um, right. So the better the card, obviously, the better to look. I've just found that some games straight up won't work with it. Um, yeah, it's it's definitely optimized. If you have a supported game, yeah. you will get a lot better results than with other software. But if it's not supported, not so much. Yeah, and then Fraps pretty much just works across the board. And I also yeah. like Fraps giving me a little indicator counter at the top, so I kind of always know when it's on or off. There's a lot of things about Fraps that are super simple and kind of dumb, but they're yeah. in, in some ways that's benefited me as a user because I can just use it right. as I need it. Um, so I'm you, a big Fraps a, fan. If you have a, right, if you have a, and a couple of tips too, if you if you have the the abilities to have a second hard drive, just like when you used to use Photoshop, you use scratch disk, and you can write your Fraps and everything to another yeah. uh, another disk other than your because they're your big. primary disk, they're freaking because, big. Yeah, they, they get big quick, real big, like f- four gig files separated four, in four yeah. gig chunks, and there's usually ten of them by the time I finish a fifteen minute video. <laughs> Right. And I got to well, go can, convert them can, all. You can tell it not to do that. Uh, you can tell it to just make one large file. Of course, you have a greater risk of corruption. And of course, it's for the file system too. If your yeah. file system is is Mac compatible or something, then you're not going to be able to. You're not going to yeah, be able to. Yeah, if you do, do journaled files. stuff, I think it's, I don't know. I don't understand how that stuff works. But the four gig thing is there for kind of a reason. I don't mind it. Right. I don't mind piecing those together during editing because I got to convert them all anyway. Right. Um, but it's, uh, so Brian's right about Mo- Windows Movie Maker. I use Premiere because uh, I'm I have a Creative Cloud uh, account, mm-hmm. and Premiere is rad and awesome and awesome. pretty much the best editing software deck that I'm aware of. I, I've used I mean I used Final Cut for years, and this is basically picking up where Final Cut got dumb and right, then made right. it better. And I think it's great. Uh, so I use that to do uh, all my final edits and stuff. And then one last thing, the card I use, oh crap, I have a card that'll do console stuff for HDMI capture and I can't find the <laughs> name. I've, I've, I've flirted with the idea a lot, but since I don't have a current gen console, I'm really not ready for that 
just yet, but yeah, there you can pick up one usually in the couple hundred bucks, maybe fifty, yeah, 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 hundred fifty, two hundred bucks. I mean, uh, just make sure that what you get allows you to convert the HDMI because I think Xbox, I think is it Xbox or PlayStation that has encryption on it, and you can't do the pass through. Uh, there's a there's a bunch of there's a bunch of little things that you have to consider. Don't know, and I'm not sure on the new one if there's any big differences on the new consoles as opposed to the PS3 and, and 360, but. Right. Anyway, there are definitely hardware solutions for that. Um, the the way a lot of people are doing PlayStation is they'll just broadcast out to Twitch what they're playing. Right, right. And then that stuff's archived on Twitch if, for a time. You go get that stuff off of Twitch. The quality isn't, you know, the greatest, but it's pretty good. If your pipe, if, if your internet pipe is bigger than the abilities of your computer, then you're better off broadcasting to Twitch and downloading. Yeah. Uh, but if, you're, if your bandwidth is limited upload... Uh, specifically, then you're going to be a lot better off capturing local and then uh, uploading at your leisure. It could look like poopy. Could look like the poop. Prince Zordar wrote and said this via Twitter at TFS Show. He says, help me out, guys. Crimson Land reminds me of Xbox 360 game I had a while back, but I can't remember the name of it now. Any ideas? Uh, I I looked at it and I looked at Crimson Land and I mean it looks kind of like a dual stick shooter kind of a thing. Well, it I is that really is familiar. what it is. For, for, right for me, I'll tell you what. It, well, it's an old game. First of all, Crimson Land came out forever ago, and this is like a update. Right. It's like oh three or something. Right. Uh, it's it is Robotron style ish kind of thing, but there's some change. There's some difference. There's differences in it. I have the PC version. It's okay. I like it okay. I don't love it, but I like it. Um, the game I think he's thinking of, though, is probably just like Robotron or something. Because that's pretty much all it is. Right. You run around and shoot dudes and you do a lot of backing up in the corners because they're all chasing you. And you try to kill them all and you get them to, you, you beat that wave and you try the next wave. And you get power-ups and new weapons and don't die, was, you know? is it? Wasn't there a game called Swarm that it kind of... Maybe. Is that... Is there something called Swarm? I don't know. Wasn't there like a free-to-play game called Swarm, Swarm on a video game on a Steam? Swarm, twenty eleven video game. Uh, it is. Nope, that wasn't it. That was one of the uh, little blue dudes. It. Yeah, that wasn't it. Remember those little blue dudes? I do indeed. Those uh, are fun. There's probably others, but yeah. Anyway, uh, good luck with that. If you'd like to send us some feedback, you can at TFS Show on Twitter is where you can follow us and send us questions. We're happy to take them. And talk to you. Of course, Brian's at the Brian Dunaway. I'm at Scott Johnson, and Nicole's That's at me. Nicole's bag. And we'll uh, use those sometimes on the show. We got an old school pick for the week. We do indeed. What is it, Brian? What is it? What is it? Picking it old school. It's old school. Time for an old video game. Brian, what are we doing this week? Well, you wouldn't believe this, but my buddy who's driving me to Dragon Con picked this stupid game out for me. Uh, it's called Take the Money and Run for the Odyssey 2 from 1980. Uh, I was able to play this on archive.org. We'll post a link to the uh, in the show notes. Uh, you can play this through the MESS uh, plugin, which is kind of like a MAME uh, package file that allows you to play it online, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, but you got to remember, this game was from 1980. And it kind of had the graphics of E.T. with the the annoyingness of, oh, every game of that time. <laughs> and uh, one of the things that that really cracks me up about this game is, uh, is, is remember how E.T. would get would get in certain areas and he would get his head stuck and he'd be like, eh, eh, yeah. you know, and he kind of and they also kind of did that in Pitfall, too, where it's like it is this annoying grating. Oh, my God, I'm stuck in this area. 
kind of thing you know what i'm talking about yeah. and that happens like constantly because you're you're a guy you're one of two guys you've, you're playing against an, an opponent and you're trying to get uh Okay, actually, the full description here is, here's the description. After time travel, the players are trapped in the land of Kinesium in 23,100 A.D. The Kinesians are deeply interested in the 20th century economic file, and they build more than a trillion different mazes populated by robots representing the economic factors of that time. So as you can imagine how grandiose this description is, that the game is going to suck because it's 1980. The players must turn it into a million so they can return for their time or else be doomed to roam the Kinesian mazes forever. And the thing about these Kinesian mazes are you're kind of a really tall sprite and uh, you are way taller than the maze. So you keep getting stuck and you have to like duck your head to try to squeeze into certain areas. And it's a pain in the butt. It's just a really pain in the butt. Yeah, I've, I've got a clip down there at the bottom. Yeah, let's play it here. This is you playing, so, by the way. This is actually me playing. Yeah, here we go. Got a little select game thing up. I'm skipping right. Here we go. Oh my gosh. The graphics. It's very simple. Oh, there is no very sound, simple. is there? Oh, there should totally be sound. Oh, here we go. You turned it down. You turned it down earlier. Here we go. Oh, Lord. Yeah. It's like that That's constantly. Super obnoxious. So you've got this money counters for each player down at the bottom, this kind of. Uh, that kind of goes up or down based on whether you're talking about taxes or if you're talking about income or if you're talking about this or that. And is, there's math involved, but you can never look at the math because you're too busy trying to figure out how to get to the freaking man that you're trying to get to. And apparently you can't. There's two guys that you're chasing, and you can't. It, if you pick the wrong one, then it doesn't do anything. It just sends you back to the home screen. But my friend Alan insist that this game was kind of like quake headhunters in the in the stress level of it because if you didn't reach <sighs> loved quake headhunters mod dude. right if you so didn't good. reach if you didn't reach the character that you're trying to catch before the other person did uh you know the other person would get all the money yeah so that was the kind of that was the the rub you were you were head to head competing against somebody and uh yeah whatever yeah. you're welcome alan yeah thanks man <laughs> alan alan Aladdin. Uh, excellent. That's good. That's it. We're done. Thank you all for being here. If you have a suggestion of a old school game you'd like us to play or anything else, you can send us an email podcast at finalscoreshow.com. Follow everything Brian's got going on in his life with his various projects at the Brian Dunaway. Look for him and Nicole this weekend, Dragon Con in Atlanta, Georgia. Shake their hands, bump nubs, whatever. Well, don't bump nubs. Shake my hand. I'll, I will hand you a card. Brilliant. Uh, yeah, you will. Uh, TFS show for the show on Twitter. Give us your questions. We'd like to read them on the show. TFS show is the Twitter account. Finalscoreshow.com is the website. And I mentioned earlier, boop, boop is a show that is new and it is twice a week, both Mondays and Thursdays, where we cover the news and analysis of those news analysis, rather analysis of those analysis, news, of those bits of news. And we do it twice a week. So check that out at frogpants.com slash boop, B O O P. You can find this show at uh, the finalscoreshow.com. Did I mention that? I might have. Facebook.com slash finalscoreshow. Big thanks to our uh, intern, Paul Swickard, and big thanks to you, the listener. Thank you for being here each and every time we do one of these damn things. Brian, you got anything else to add? 
Uh, Comics Coast to Coast, check it out. We talked to uh, some great interviews recently, including the Daniel Liske interview. Uh, he is a German what does Worm World Saga, and he just funded his Kickstarter project, and I'm super excited about it because it is a beautiful book. ComicsCoastToCoast.com. Check it out. It's going to do it for us. Thank you all for being here. Have a lovely weekend. We'll see you next week. This is Casey with a music memory. Video games don't have to be complex to be successful, or even become true classics. Elegance and simplicity can win the day. The case in point here is Tetris, one of the most revered of all time. I remember playing a lot of Tetris, in fact far too much. My recollection of the last encounter with it was trying to spell words or draw pictures with the pieces instead of playing it proper. In retrospect, it just wasn't really my kind of game. Really enjoyed the chiptune classical music though. Investigations Indie Game of the Week segment. My name is James Bartholomew, and today I'm going to tell you about the one best indie video game released this week. For the first time on in Indie Investigations, I'm talking about an Android game. I still have anything against Android games, I just haven't had a device to play them on until now. But yesterday, my brand new Tegra Note 7 tablet arrived, and with it, the ability to finally play Vivid, which is an arcade game developed by Allin. Inspired by games such as VVVV and Super Hexagon, Vivid tasks you to move around a prism to collect orbs of light, which fills up the prism's light charge over, as it drains over time. Once you've filled up this beam, it gives you more of a multiplier, which means your score goes higher. This task is made harder with the ever-present danger of black holes, so it's killing you in one hit, and a dark prism which is essentially doing what you are, taking orbs, and which means you can't get them. Completely free, Vivid's supported by unobtrusive ads, which appear every three or four attempts, so I mean they're there. But you don't notice them as much because it's after you've had four attempts to make you incredibly angry, and then you just angrily click out the ad, which is nice to see unobtrusive ads, especially when the game's supported by them. On top of this, the game has four modes, which means that when you beat the first, or as I've been doing, rage quit them, you have three more to try. The soundtrack for Vivid is beautiful, fantastic electronic work that really uh, fits in with the game, makes it feel like a rhythm game a lot of the time. And artistically, Vivid's very clean and smooth, but it still managed to provide all the visual information without appearing cluttered and it's easily digested. It's gorgeous. And I really recommend picking up Vivid if you like a game that throws you around for a bit, because it provides a lot of challenge over a really short period of time. A game can last one minute or two. I'm one of the people that enjoys striving to beat a challenge, emotionally rush when you finally do beat that challenge like I do, you need to pick up Vivid because it captures the feeling beautifully. And you can pick it up on the Google Play Store for absolutely nothing. I am Atiagavos on Twitter, and you can find more of this content at www.initiativechecker.com. This was a small segment of Indie Investigations, a podcast that interviews indie game devs about the development process and what it's like to make a game. All my music is written and performed by Johnny Feinstein. 
to email indieinvestigations at gmail.com if you have anything you'd like to add or ask. Thank you very much for listening. This podcast is part of the Frog Pants Studios Network. For more information about this and other shows, visit frogpants.com. Audio program so good, it's like you're there.